You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Today's episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan has all the news you will need in under 30 minutes every single day all about Major League Baseball. And oh, also, make sure you call him Sully. Sully, of course, has all of the baseball talk, all the news, rumors from past and present. He also has local experts on every day, once again, Monday through Friday. Make sure you listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And enjoy today's episode. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Locked On Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most, and I hope you all are having a fabulous June 24th here on a wonderful Thursday. As it's getting to that point of the season where the Pittsburgh Pirates now 20 games under 500, but this is the biggest part of the year for them. Trade deadline, draft, all that good stuff. Maybe even seeing Adam Frazier and potentially Brian Reynolds in the All-Star game as well as Richard Rodriguez. There's a ton of fun things to think about today, but the Pirates will square off against the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend as the two teams right now at the bottom of the NL Central. Honestly, before the season started, I didn't think I would say that about the St. Louis Cardinals team. The Pirates was kind of more of a gimme because we are, of course, in a full rebuild, but the Cardinals actually have lost their last three games, two of those to Detroit right now, and it's kind of interesting because the Cardinals, of course, made a huge splash in getting Nolan Arenado in this offseason by basically just fleecing the Colorado Rockies. Sorry to lock on Rockies over there, but he even knows that he's been on the uh, pod before, and Realistically for the Cardinals, a lot of what their uh, woes have been is injuries is one, um, and they're also not out of it by any stretch of the mean either. I mean, they're five and a half games out. Um, they're only a game behind Cincinnati, five games behind Chicago, and about six games behind Milwaukee. So this series for St. Louis especially is very important um, because if they can find a way to sweep our Pittsburgh Pirates, that would be very uh, um big for them one because it will put them back above 500 if they were to win uh, all the games in this series here in what is going to be a four game set that will last all the way until Sunday with the Saturday and Sunday games of course being both afternoon games and the pitching matchup tonight is very interesting because you have Chad Cool and Carlos Martinez on the mound tonight Chad Cool of course had his he's had his ups and downs this year uh, 5.66 ERA, but this will be the rarity of where Chad Cool will start and not actually have the higher ERA of the two pitchers that is like playing. As Carlos Martinez has just not had it this year. He's three and eight with a 6.62 ERA, 26 walks to 47 strikeouts, so not a great walk to strikeout rate. And one of the big uh, things I would say as what the Pirates need to do here, especially tonight against Martinez. And then if you look at the rest of the series as well, uh, they'll face uh, Calhoun Kim, who's 1-5 with a 3-6 ERA. Uh, Adam Wainwright is 5-5. Five five. He's been one of their better pitchers, if not their best pitcher, outside of Jack Flaherty, who is currently, I believe, 
um, on the injured list, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, he isn't, but he's not going to pitch in this series, so the Pirates will avoid him this series, and then Johan Oviedo will pitch on Sunday for them. The big thing the Cardinals struggle with, one, there's a lot of things they struggle with right now. The biggest, though, is the fact that the Cardinals pitching staff has the highest walks per nine in baseball. One thing the Pirates did very well in the Indian series, we saw it in that Saturday game, was they were getting on base via the walk. Now, that doesn't mean you just expect to walk. Like, there's nothing, I'm not saying you should just go up there and look for four balls. Look to go hit the baseball. But when you're facing a team that is just absolutely awful in terms of strikeouts, they're not, they're walking a ton of players right now. It's ridiculous. And I mean, one big thing is, is this could really be nice for the Pirates offense to face Carlos Martinez tonight. Um, because, I mean, they had a good slew of runs there with six runs, 11 runs, and six runs in three of those four games against Chicago and the Indians. But they need to keep, like get way more consistent in terms of hitting the baseball and scoring runs. That's, that's a thing. This team currently ranks uh, second lowest in hard hit percentage and the highest soft hit percentage against right-handed pitching. That's not good. That's not good at all. But for the Pirates, this should be very interesting. Um, because Carlos Martinez, again, he just hasn't been very good. And then if you look on the other side of things, the Cardinals' offense hasn't been very solid either. I mean, Dylan Carlson, Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Goldschmidt, they're they are pretty okay. Like They've been doing fine. They've been pretty much carrying the load. But outside of that, the Cardinals just don't have any hitting. So these two teams are very alike. And I think this is going to just be a big series for... Adam Frazier, Brian Reynolds, Colin Moran, and Key Brian Hayes versus Dylan Carlson, Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, and Goldschmidt. Purely out of the fact that if you look outside of that, none of the players really outside of that for either team are really hitting above average. Um, and it's very weird, too, because St. Louis has the highest soft hit percentage in the entire league at home. Of course, this series will be in St. Louis, um, so that's not going to be fun for them at all. Um, and of course, then you like kind of keep with the home woes. Um, they've posted a 90 WRC plus, which is uh, weighted runs created plus at home against righties. That's bottom five in baseball. Um, so not a lot of good things right now for the Cardinals who at points this year, of course, have been in first place in the NL central. They handled business against the pirates the last time that these teams played. But this series here might be a toss-up in terms of the way the Cardinals are playing. I mean, as I mentioned before they came into the series, they lost two pretty convincing games to the Detroit Tigers, and they're currently on a three-game skid and have lost, I believe, four out of their last five. So, I mean, the Cardinals are not doing that great. Over their last ten games, they're four and six. Their batting average is below a 200 batting average, so below the Mendoza line. And, I mean, they only... They just haven't scored runs. I mean, they're outscored by 13 runs. And again, a lot of this can be attributed to injuries in terms of a lot of the things that are going wrong here. Uh, Jack Flaherty is injured. Um, Harrison Bader has had injuries. Max Moroff has had injuries. Um, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Cody Whitley, Miles Mikolos. I mean, they have a lot of guys that are on the IL. And that's just something every team has de dealt with this year. Um, but if you were the Pirates to go into the series, if you want to win this series, again, if you can get walks, get them, and score some runs against a pitching staff that really has struggled this year. 
His pitching staff has struggled mightily. I think the only the only game in this series where the pitching would kind of scare me in terms of St. Louis would, of course, be the uh, Adam Wainwright game, which will be, I believe, Saturday night. Uh, yes, and, but I mean, even in that game, we get JT Brubaker on the mound. So I think that's going to be like the one day where the pitching will be very good. Outside of that, this could be a very high-scoring series, but even then, that doesn't really benefit the Pirates. So three things I would do. Get on base, try to limit early runs if you're the pitchers for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, Chad Cool will be on the mound tonight. Uh, Friday night's game will be Will Crow, who's still looking for his first win. JT Brubaker on Saturday, and then Tyler Anderson on Sunday. So if on the Pirates pitchers, especially with a team that's just not hitting the baseball well, attack the strike zone. That's what I liked what JT Brubaker did against Chicago the other day, is he just attacked the strike zone. He looked really good, and you have to, like, just do it. Just attack the strike zone. If you give up a couple hits here and there, that's fine, but limit the home run ball as well. Um, this series, of course, as I said, is four games. It's going to be huge for St. Louis especially, but we'll see what happens. We'll see if uh, Pittsburgh can pull out the victory here tonight, especially to get things kicked off. And if you want to pull out a victory in terms of your savings, make sure you check out Wealthfront. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. They have no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and make sure to start growing your savings and get started today. All right, everyone, and welcome back. Um, and we're going to get into some fun little talk today. Uh, of course, you guys all remember Lucas Smith. He's not with me today, but uh, the host of Locked On Cardinals. Before the season, the whole talk was, who's winning Rookie of the Year? Is it going to be Dylan Carlson or Key Brian Hayes? Well, Key Brian Hayes got injured in the second game of the year, and it kind of tarnished that. I still think Hayes has a chance to do it, but he would have to have a very strong rest of the summer and a very strong rest of the season in general to do it. Just because, I mean... There's a very strong chance here, and I've, of course, I would check out Locked On Marlins for more on this, but uh, Trevor Rogers has been absolutely phenomenal this year. Um, if the season ended today, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why he wouldn't win it. Um, as of June 3rd, with uh, what I'm reading, he had a 1.7 ERA, which is fifth lowest in the National League, and a 10.9 K9, which ranks seventh in the league, just below Zach Wheeler and ahead of Hugh Darvish. So if you really think about this for a second, Rodgers might not only win Rookie of the Year and probably will convincingly if he continues this really good stretch of things, but he could also get some Cy Young votes in the National League. He's not going to win it because Jacob deGrom is going to win it unless something really, really crazy happens. But there's been a lot of rookies in the National League that have kind of taken over the Dylan Carlson versus Key Brian Hayes thing. But it's very nice that we finally this weekend will get to see the two go at it. Um, it's something me and Lucas were really looking forward to going into this year, and now we finally get to see it. And the thing is with Hayes is, of course... Some people were like, oh, well, Key Brian Hayes is like, I mean, he's the best player the Pirates have as of right now, in my opinion, defensively and offensively. Um, right now, I mean, you look at him career-wise, uh, so far this year, he has a 271 average with 12 RBIs, 70 at-bats, 10 runs, 
um, a 329 career batting average so far in 155 at-bats. Still pretty much a small sample size, but I mean, Key Brian Hayes, of course, we've heard enough about him. I mean, he's going to continue a bunch of things. But he is also kind of in his first slump right now. And something that Dayan Kovakovich said on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports that I actually really enjoyed was he was basically saying he hopes that Key Brian Hayes, and I'm in the same boat as this, by the way, he's basically saying um, he wanted to see Key Brian Hayes have a slump at some point. It's nice to see a guy hit this well. It's nice to see what he did last year. It's nice to see him keep doing it. But he needs to have a slump to see how he bounces back. And that's going to be a pretty interesting thing. Um, lately, one thing I've noticed is Hayes does struggle with uh, going outside the zone on certain pitches. Um, and it's it's something that, of course, he's still pretty young. He's 24. He's going to have to pick it up and learn it. Um, I mean, replicating the statistics he had last year was not attainable. 376, uh, 442, 682 last year. I mean, that was in his first 24 games. But, I mean, so far since June 8th, um, he hasn't really had like a lot of things happen and it's very weird and it's annoying just because like a lot of this slump started after the first base debacle when he hit the home run against the Dodgers, which was of course just a freak mistake. It wasn't supposed to happen. Crazy things happen in baseball. Um, Hayes was hitting 209 and enduring the first slump of a young major league career, um, pretty close and he talked to the Trib live about it. He's like, it's just human. You've got to find ways whenever you're in a slump to be able to get out of it. Hunt the good whenever you hit the ball hard. And if it gets caught, you can't get too discouraged about it. Um, I mean, in the 19 games he's played this year, he has uh, 15, uh, he has a hit in 15 of those 19 games. And that's dating back to last year. He's also reached base consecutively 27 straight games. So Hayes has done very well. Now, when you look at Dylan Carlson, for example, I mean, he's three and fifteen in his last five. It's not terrible, um, and I mean, he's right now uh, he's hitting two sixty five, three fifty two, four hundred three with just six home runs on the year. Uh, he also hasn't attempted to steal a base, which is very interesting because Carlson has some nice speed, and I'd love to get Lucas back on. Maybe we'll get him on tomorrow to talk about some of the stuff going on in St. Louis, but. He also hasn't homered since June 2nd. So one thing I'd really like to see, and I would like to see this, is to see Dylan Carlson and Key Brian Hayes at their best this weekend. Just because I really want to see these two young guys go at it. Because if you look at the state of the NL Central right now, these two guys are like two of the best young players in the division. Of course, the division's not that strong. And a lot of these teams have guys that have not come up or have not played that well. But if you look at it, we could be seeing Dylan Carlson versus Key Brian Hayes for a very long time. I mean, Dylan Carlson is only 22. I think he cemented himself in that outfield pretty well alongside Tyler O'Neill. But, I, again, if you're asking me who's winning NL Rookie of the Year, I think it's a no-doubt question that Trevor Rogers deserves it. Um, and, I mean, I think he is going to win it. It would take a lot for Carlson and Hayes to really come back and do that, uh, especially when you have guys like a Jazz Chisholm, uh, Pavin Smith, guys like that who have also had very good, strong rookie years. So, I mean, again, I just really want to see these two guys go at it. It's something that I was really looking forward to this year. Uh, one of the like, There's a lot of things I looked forward to this year, but this one in particular was one of them. And also, I mean, I know the Cardinals are a rival, but I like seeing other teams have good young players that will also compete with our good young players because I miss the rivalry aspect of baseball. 
Um, I mean, the Cardinals and the Pirates, the Cubs and the Pirates, uh, the Reds and the Pirates, of course, have all had um, their slew of rivalries. A lot of that was built into Andrew McCutcheon and Johnny Cueto and all of these guys kind of all molding together in the division as they grew with their respective teams back into contention. And then they got to that point at the highest level of playing baseball in the wild card game and in the playoffs, and it just made for like very good baseball. And I think that's very possible here with Dylan Carlson and Key Brian Hayes. Of course, there's other guys to watch in these systems as well. Uh, you could check out Locked On Cardinals for a lot of the stuff about the prospects over there in St. Louis. But it is kind of unfortunate that going into this series, we're going to see two teams that have struggled with injuries. But you might get a lot of runs. And of course, people like a lot of runs. I mean, but I do think the Cardinals have the potential to turn it around. I think Dylan Carlson, of course, hitting 3 for 15. I think he might have a very good series here. But with everything that I mentioned, if you want to bet on any of this stuff, make sure you go to betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for your free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus, meaning they will give you Free money, pretty much, for putting money into your account with your first deposit when you bet on the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, NFL and NCAA futures, UFC, and even reality TV and award shows. So make sure you go to betonline.ag and let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. And today's episode, of course, is also brought to you by Rock Auto. The Pirates and the Cardinals could use some Rock Auto right now with their amazing selection and reliably low prices. Of course, car parts are always annoying to find. It's very annoying when uh, the bigger markets and the bigger companies price gauge because they know that you need the car part. Rock Auto doesn't do that. They have all the parts your car will ever need. And best of all, you do the shopping yourself on your tablet, your phone, your computer. You can do it wherever, and it's a family-owned business that has helped people fix their cars for a very long time. Make sure you visit rockauto.com and tell them that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. All right, everyone, and welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates. I thank you once again for coming in to listen about the uh, team. Thank you for always supporting me, everyone that listens, and I really appreciate it. And one guy that really got me into the Pirates, especially at my young age of 22, was Neil Walker. Neil Walker, of course, retired earlier this year. It was actually a pretty heartfelt message to the Pittsburgh Pirates and all the teams that he did play for, but... Neil Walker was a very fun player, uh, former Pirate and Pine Richland star. He was from the area. It was one of the best things ever for the Pirates to have him in the uh, in the team. He was just a very fun guy to be around. He was a very awesome player, great second baseman, also played some first base across his career. And, I mean, you look at some of his best moments. Of course, you can never forget his opening day um, moment whenever he had the home run um, against the, oh lord, who did he play? Um, whenever they had the home run against the Cubs, actually. It was opening day of 2011. Um, and Neil Walker, of course, he appeared in tw- 127 games for the Pirates the year before. Um, and it was very rainy that day. Um, with two outs, lo- or outs, though, and bases loaded in the fifth inning, Walker, he worked a full count. And then, I mean, we all remember, he uh, I believe it was Ryan Dempster that he hit it off of. Um, so it was very interesting. He, of course, around a lot of that time was behind, um, he was behind Andrew McCutcheon for a lot of the efficiency awards. But Neil Walker was just a really cool guy. It was nice to see him 
around the time, too, when the team was competing in 2013 through 2015, back when they had, of course, Josh Harrison, Andrew McCutcheon, Starling Marte, all those players. He was just a big part of the reason why Pittsburgh was winning those a lot of those games in those seasons. Uh, he was a very awesome second baseman. There was nothing wrong with him. And, of course, um, to bring him up and why I'm talking about him, is on July 3rd, he will be throwing out the first pitch uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates as they honor him in his retirement. Uh, there have been talks about him as well, um, about him possibly coming back into the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. And, I mean, you have to really think um, that he, like, would love to come back into the uh, team somehow. Um, and he's had some very memorable moments. I mean, memories. Of course, he always states that the 2013 wildcard game was probably that one. Um and to me, uh, it's just very interesting because then he talked about a lot of things. Uh, he's played for both New York teams, the Brewers, the Marlins, and the Phillies, and he said this to Trib Live, which was very funny. The Pirates are what they consider a small market, and then I ended up going to the biggest market in the world in New York. So that's very fun. Um, and he also said, I've seen it all. I've been a part of 100 lost teams. I've been part of 100 win teams. I've had good seasons. I've had bad seasons. I've had in-between seasons. You finish the game and you think back. You certainly smile and think how cool it was to have played the game for as long as I had. And um, he's also apparently going to start doing broadcasting. So he's going to be on 93.7 The Fan's morning show, 9 a.m. on Mondays which is going to be very fun. So if you want to check that stuff out on Mondays after you listen to Locked On Pirates, you can always check that out. And, I mean, again, he's had some talks about coming back in the organization, how he would do it or what role he would have. I don't really know. But I will be honest, on July 3rd, I might get a little emotional seeing him throw out the first pitch and being there and being honored for retiring. Uh, I don't think they would. Re I don't think they would retire his number 18. I don't think that would happen. There's been uh, some other players also to wear the number 18 for the Pirates that have been very good. But I mean, if they did decide to retire it, that'd be really cool. I just don't think they would. Um, we still haven't seen someone wear McCutcheon's 22 yet. I think they would definitely retire that before they retire Neil Walker's number. But it's all uh, whatever perspective you have on it. But let me know your favorite Neil Walker moment. Let me know what you think about this Cardinals Pirates series on Twitter at Locked On Pirates. Also, you can follow me at MVP underscore Ethan to see me tweet about the Clippers and a bunch of other things under the sports umbrella. Thank you so much once again for tuning in today on this episode of Locked On Pirates. I hope you all have a fabulous rest of your Thursday. And I'll see you tomorrow, probably recapping the game tonight, in which I think is going to be an offensive slugfest. And I will see you on the flip side.